Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This is a chance for local people or people with a local connection to sit down and talk about what is going on with them in the Fishers community. This is a part of my local Fishers Indiana News blog that began in January of 2012. I started these podcasts in 2016 and have been going ever since. Now, here's the latest edition of the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at Fishers High School today, and I am with uh, Liz Paternoster, her second time to be on one of my podcasts. It's been several years since we've had her as a guest. Also, one of her students, uh, a member of the We the People team here at Fishers High School, Abby Kilgore, is with me. So to both of you, thank you very much for taking time out to talk to me on the day before the end of school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wasn't sure I was going to get this thing scheduled. So and I know how busy it is, well, for the teachers and, well, for the students, it can be as well. So thanks for uh, carving out some time for me today. Uh, it's always, I think, a good idea when we start a, a conversation about we the people to remind people what it is because uh, – I always try to explain that anytime I, I run any kind of story, write or a story or do a podcast on We the People. So I'm going to ask Liz Paternoster to start. Just explain briefly what We the People is. It's a competition. Explain what these students are doing in this competition. Yeah, absolutely. So We the People, um, the whole concept behind it started with the bicentennial um, and um, uh, Chief Justice Berger uh, wanting kids to know more about the Constitution. So it began in 1987, and since then, uh, over 42 million students have participated in the We the People program. Um, so We the People has set up a competition style. The kids learn everything they can about the Constitution, and then the competition format is an, uh, it's very similar to a congressional hearing. And so we get questions from the Center for Civic Education. We prepare a statement in response to those questions. And then depending on the level of competition, uh, the kids will have either eight minutes or 14 minutes of follow-up from judges that serve to represent, you know, members of Congress, so to say, right? And so anybody that's seen a congressional hearing, uh, that's what We the People looks like. And so we get judged then on their depth of understanding how well they use supporting evidence, um, reasoning for why they're using that evidence, uh, their responsiveness, you know, are they like answering the question that was asked, and then their participation um, in the hearing. And uh, Abby, I, I will ask you uh, to answer it this way. I'm, I'm sure you have friends and relatives when you say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm with we the people, they, they will ask, what's that? How do you explain that? So for me, I really explain it more um, as what I do on my units. So I was in unit one, which is more philosophies of government, and then unit two, which is really the founding days of our government. So that's how I explain it to them rather than the other units, because most of the time I don't really know what's going on with the other kids in the class because I'm so focused on my own stuff. So that's really where I go for them. Yeah, and, the, and I want to get into the different units because there are different parts of government that you discuss. And it's really a... a, a, a it's a test and a, and and uh, it's an exercise in civic knowledge. Uh, if you look at it that way, I don't. I've, I've seen many congressional hearings. Uh, did you feel like you were like maybe you know on TV with the microphone in front of you with senators and representatives looking at you when the judges were questioning you? 
Sometimes. I think with nationals, yes. But with the other competitions, not really. Um, regionals, we were just at my house. So it felt very like homey and I had some of my best friends there. So it didn't seem like a big deal per se. But with nationals, I knew my team was watching. Um, I was with my fellow uh, unit members. And then, of course, the judges that were there. And we had known some of them from our studies. So it was that really felt like a big deal. But it was also really exciting. And uh, yeah, we're, we've got, you've already touched on a few things I'm going to ask about later, but I'm going to ask Liz Paternoster to come back in here because one thing that has always struck me every time I take a look at the results of other U or HSC high school going to the uh, national competition of We the People are the schools you're competing against. I mean, you're competing against, you know, some very. I'm, I'm, the technical term would be highfalutin. <laughs> yes. Private schools, some other very uh, well-respected suburban schools, just like Fishers and HSC are in the Indianapolis area. Uh, your team finished second in this last uh, round of competition, uh, and you should be proud of that because historically this this is a record, is it not? Yes. So, um, you know, Indiana and the national finals that's been going on for over 35 years. Um, and Indiana has placed in the top three, but third place was the highest placement um, for years, right? And so uh, getting second in the nation made history uh, for the state uh, and uh, the kids are extraordinary. They did an extraordinary thing. Um, and I, I think they realize that a little bit. Um, but we're all just so tremendously proud of them because they put in a lot of hard work and a lot of effort, and it really paid off. I mentioned earlier, you mentioned, one of you mentioned that this was a virtual, I think it was really you, Abby, that talked about the fact you were at your home, and then you were with your, your teammates at one, different levels of the competition. And this is different. Normally, you go to Washington, D.C., you get to experience that. I think they actually do have some of the competition in congressional buildings where you would have something like a congressional hearing going on. Uh, and, and I've been in those buildings. They are they're pretty – they are. I get lost in one of those buildings very easily because they're big and they're, they're laid out very differently. But this being a virtual competition – uh, how did that change your approach, Abby, as somebody who's who's a participant in that? You know, some at some point you're in your home, another point you're maybe in a room with your classmates, but it, you're not there with the judges, you're not there with the other teams. How does that change your uh, approach as somebody who's competing? I really try to not let it change my approach at all because you want it to seem like such a real conversation. So if you let the technology get in the way, I think it kind of hinders what you're trying to put across to the judges and then, of course, what they're trying to give back to you. Um, so the biggest difficulty for me was when my unit like wasn't all together. Um, but then again, we had practiced so many times on Zoom that it really just felt like we were doing another practice. So the technology wasn't really a big difficulty for us just because we'd worked with it so much over the season and Liz Paternoster as, as the coach I mean I've got I've got to believe this changed your approach a little bit in preparing your team and one of the reasons as I understand it that this was virtual even though the uh, pandemic had tamped it down is this has to be planned way ahead of time mm -hmm. and there was just no way to change it once a decision was made to do this virtually some right. time ago so how did this change your approach to preparing your various students and teams to compete? 
Um, preparation wise, when it came to the depth and, and level of content, they have to understand nothing changed. Um, but one thing that performing competing in person does is it guarantees that every single kid, um, knows that their successes and their near successes are their own right? Because they're sitting at a table right across from judges. You know, you can't have anything written on your hand. There's no like (laughs) secret notes, anything like that. Um, So when we were going to compete at the national finals, I still wanted these kids to know that their everything, their success is, is totally theirs. And so we had it set up here. So the kids actually competed in this room um, and they and were be, in your classroom yeah, recording cl- this yeah, just so my people cl- know yeah, yeah in my classroom um, and they were set up you know the computers in front of them and um, made sure that like we didn't have anything in the room you know that they could look at or uh, anything like that uh, all coaches other kids that were not competing at the time were all in a viewing room another classroom nearby and then myself uh, I was in the office actually, this which is you know just right here um, next to my classroom, all by myself. Um, I, I just felt like it was really important for you know for them because now forevermore you know people would be like oh well it was virtual so it's easier uh, you know they can say no like literally our coaches were taken away we were stripped of everything and so they know that um, uh, I thought that was really really important for them to always have ownership over their own success. Yeah, You know, Abby, I cannot imagine this being easier <laughs> virtually, but obviously you knew early on this was going to be the way that you were going to be competing from the beginning to the end if you made the national competition. So uh, it appears that you and your teammates adapted well to this. Yeah, I think we really did. And it, it also just helps that we all really liked each other. So when things got tough, either on Zoom or in practice, like we were always just there for each other and we're always able to help with technology issues and all that fun stuff that comes along with the virtual competition. So that was something that we all just did together, really. And Liz Paternoster, I think that's a really interesting point that, that Abby just made, because having been a practice judge in the past for these teams at HSC High School, I found that these teams do have to work together and, and uh, they have to form a camaraderie because when you're answering, first of all, you do a paper and you trade that off, you can practice that as you present a paper verbally. But when you're answering questions, you have to help each other out. Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, I don't know how, it's, I sort of uh, compare this to what you see in Congress when people say my 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 uh, my uh, respected colleague on the other side i disagree with them mm-hmm. <laughs> you kind of do that in your answers to the questions is i agree with my colleague on this or i agree with i disagree with my teammate on this and here's why so there is a camaraderie and there is a teamwork component to this talk a little bit about how that works there there absolutely has to be um, you know, I talk to the kids all the time and I'm not, I'm not going to give away all of my trade secrets here on your <laughs> podcast, Larry. Okay. <laughs> However, we do talk about the, the quickest downfall to a team is when a, an individual decides to be what I call an intellectual hoarder. And so we have really brilliant kids in our school. Um, and they're great at studying. They're great at research. They love to read they're, I mean, and they're like sponges. They soak up all of this information. However, in the follow-up, if they throw out an example as great as it could be, 
if they if the people sitting in their panel with them have never heard of this there's no way for them to respond they don't, they don't know how to respond this is brand new information are they able to respond sure but it wouldn't be the same as if we had collectively all talked about it right so that's one thing when she mentions camaraderie that was something that was incredibly special about this team like they really cared a lot about each other and not one person on the team wanted to be the best they wanted the team to be the best and look what they got they're the greatest of all time the greatest in indiana history yeah second overall nationally is just amazing mm -hmm. the cop because of the, the stiff competition you were you were up against and and uh, the fact that only a few schools in Indiana have reached that height. I mean, even being in the top ten is a one is a tremendous, you know, accomplishment. But being second is yeah, is, I'd is love, something. Yeah. I'd love to talk about you know some of the other stuff that's going on around the country. So um, we we did uh, top Virginia, the Maggie L. Walker School, um, which is specifically designed to focus on uh, politics institutions and their behavior so literally like their english classes everything across the curriculum focuses on uh what they're gonna the same topics as we the people um amadora valley high school the we the people national champions this year um they uh this class is mandatory so every kid in the school uh, takes the class, and I think it's mandatory um, in the lower grades as well. And so um, every single kid is like very well trained by the time they get to senior year. So when you top a school like Virginia, where all of the kids are focused on these topics for at least four years, and our class is one semester, that just goes to the level uh of, 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 of what these kids were able to achieve, you know, and that's why I'm just so adamant about talking about it all the time. It is extraordinary what they were able to do. And Abby, let me ask you this, because I've been seeing this a little bit up close and personal. Uh, there is a tremendous amount of preparation that goes into this hours and hours. And I'm sure there are many times you're hanging out at somebody's house or a coffee shop or somewhere and just going over the reams of material you need to, to understand and be familiar with in order to respond to these questions. And, and I was amazed at, you know, some of these people that are in We the People, this is not their only, you know, extracurricular, although this is a class. Uh, it's kind of, it, you, you have outside the class work to do. And I was amazed at some of them have extracurricular activities some of them are on the volleyball team or they're they're doing something else and they're still finding time to do we the people which in itself is a big time commitment talk about just how much work you and your teammates put into getting ready for these this competitions yeah so i make jokes all the time about if i put as much effort into like my french class as i did we the people i'd be fluent in french at this point and i'd understand all the grammar so i would spend There'd be random nights where I would get voice memos from Brady, one of my unit members, that were like five minutes long being like, I think we should change the paper and do this, this, and this. And we would all start texting, and we'd be up until 1 a.m. just like talking, making jokes. And part of it was actually working, of course, and, and really making changes to papers or what we wanted to say in follow-up. But a lot of it was just, again, like we liked spending time with each other, so us just talking, we would do it all the time. I think... The group chat that we have 
we started it like the day, like the first day of class, and we continue to use it. And we have texted just this morning. So we're always working together. Every time I found something, even if it didn't pertain to my unit, I would send it to a different unit and be like, oh, maybe you should use this. Like it was kind of just a constant thing for us. And we were always thinking about it. Every time we read the news, we were like, oh, hey, like Kaylin, unit five may need this. So it was just something that we loved so much that it wasn't really work per se. We just were so interested that it was something we were always thinking about. So they uh, may continue all this when you go to college. You'll continue the social media connection, you think? I sure hope so. <laughs> we all, the day that the final round was over, we were a mess. Like, we all cried. Oh. We were so upset. Um, and one of my unit members, Surya, was like, guys, you're not going to bug me anymore. I was like, Surya, I will bug you <laughs> via text however much you want me to. I was like, I will never leave you alone. I promise. So we're really hoping to keep that connection going. Just while I'm thinking about it, where are you going to college? I'm going to the University of Colorado, Boulder, to study history and political science. Oh, so you're going forward with all this. Excellent. I sure hope so, yeah. Well, it sounds like you based on that, they've stayed with that major. <laughs> yeah. Liz, I want to ask you about a part of all this, because you're doing We the People at a time in American history which is unprecedented. I mean, it was just a year and a half ago that there was a January 6th assault on the Capitol building, for example. Yes. Um, you know, major challenges to the results of an election as we've really not seen in modern history, certainly. So how did that impact the way you approach your preparation? Because these judges obviously are aware of all this. Uh, how how does this change your the preparation and the way you guide your students in preparing for some competition like this? Um, well, you know, uh, there's, and I, I want to take a moment just to um, address, you know, m myself, I do teach the class, uh, but we have several coaches um, that volunteer hundreds of hours uh, to help us out. So um, right now uh, we had five coaches this year um, and we just added another that uh, we met at the city council meeting. And so we as coaches all have to be on the same page. Um, and I will be honest, there have been meetings where it's gotten very heated, you know, uh, between the coaches. Uh, but then we always come out um, with the same directives uh, for the students. And uh, one directive that I always tell my coaches, and if they're not able to do this, this probably isn't the best place for them, is that they need to keep their opinions out. Um, uh, this is about the students um, and the students developing their own opinions. And the best part of this is, uh, you know, in the competition, they have to answer questions. So if someone wants them to explore a different perspective, then they need to ask them the question that gets them to explore another perspective. And I think what I'm the most proud of is that year after year, as we've been doing this, we see very conservative students and very liberal students just coming closer to the center and understanding each other so much better. And so people ask me all the time, they're like, you know, you can't get paid very much. Like, why do you keep doing this? Because it is... <laughs> an emotional and intellectual roller coaster every single year. And I said, because it's critical t for our country. And that's why hundreds yeah. of thousands of educators do it all across the country. And we keep doing it. It is so critical that our next generation hopefully can come together and, um, 
be able to have civil discourse. Um, or, or I don't know where we're, we're headed if we can't do that. No, and I, I think that critical thinking is so important. And, and, and Abby, I was on the debate team in college. It was actually a credit course as well. And, and I do remember that uh, what you do is you have uh, you have a statement, and you're on the affirmative in the a- in the morning. Then you're in the negative in the afternoon. You must know both sides of that argument inside and out. And I've talked to many We the People students, in my experience, who have said just what Ms. Paternoster just said, that, you know, I started off with some political ideas, and then as I go into this and I learn more about others' thinking, I'm finding that that I am understanding the other side better. And I'm not saying I completely change my views, but I understand everybody else's view and, and that has changed my approach. How did this impact you in, in that way? So definitely just with the kids that were on the team and having as much discourse as we do, um, seeing other people's opinions was very easy. Um, with units like Unit 6, which does more current day issues, their opinions of things have definitely changed. I'm kind of lucky in the way that I focus on some of the older parts of American history, so I just have to like know the facts and then be able to talk about anti-federalist or federalist arguments. So in that way... I found it easier because I never had to really like challenge any kind of political beliefs or it never seemed very testy when I was going up with judges. Um, whereas unit six, like I think you can get into some trouble with some judges. Explain what unit six is. So unit six is more current day issues. Um, they actually did have a question for nationals about the attack on the Capitol. So that kind of stuff, you really have to understand both sides so that you don't say something that comes off as really brash or rude, especially in front of judges that most likely have different opinions than you do because because they've lived different lives. So for me, being in my unit, being able to focus on some of the older stuff and really just like founding documents, I found that way easier. And when talking to my unit six friends, I was like, go you, like you're doing a great job. I was like, I'm gonna go focus on my stuff now. But one thing that I think is really um, important and, and great about We the People is that the units are all connected. So let's go back to this unit six question. The question really was asking how the events on January 6th should be labeled. Mm-hmm. And why is the labeling important? Because then the law is applied based on the labels, and the labels are spelled out in U.S. federal criminal code, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, and, you know, let me, uh, that's a whole different podcast trying to describe how easy this is to get teenagers to not be emotional. Um, but we, we don't need to be emotional in this space. In this space, what were the events? What factually happened? What should it be labeled? And then what does the criminal code say about that labeling? And then if the charges are found, people are guilty of the charges, uh, what could their possible punishments be? Because all the way back, if the labeling is different, then the outcome could be different for those that are found guilty of those particular charges. And and you had several people who had already pleaded guilty. A few trials have actually come and gone with right. that so you had some actual data as and and I the number of prosecutions is over 400 now mm-hmm. and yeah. growing so you have a a body of, of of facts that you could look at there yeah uh Liz I want to ask you about this because I, I believe I'm correct on this uh most of the Fishers high school 
I'm sorry, Fisher's junior high school students end up at Fisher's high school, just the way things are, are done. And I did a, a podcast some years ago with Mike Fossil's first national championship team. He's had several since at Fisher's high school. So uh, must be nice. You, you've sort of got a, a feeder system here of, of, of well-trained, uh, uh, if I can put it that way, we the people folks uh, that come to your team. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think um, experiencing the National Invitational, which is what is the option for, you know, middle schools, they don't they don't have a qualifying tournament like we do. Um, all of the middle schools are invited. So I um, deeply appreciate that Mr. Fossold and other uh, Mr. Bradshaw at Fall Creek Interme- Intermediate um, do take on that extra task uh, because then we have kids, they've at least had a glimpse of what the National finals could be like right um because when you get to high school you get one chance to take the class and you get one chance uh to win the we the people national championship um and the contest is set up purposefully that way to get as many kids to participate as possible um you met bob lemming the other night the national director he's been very uh forthcoming in the fact that he doesn't want kids in the class like competing over and over and over for a national championship they get one shot because that means so many more kids will will get the chance to do it that's why also like the rules are set up you can't you know have tryouts you're really not even supposed to recruit all of that is against the rules it's supposed to be a class that any kid can sign up for and every kid that signs up has to participate um, because Bob wanted, you know, as many kids to participate as possible. And that's why, you know, he, in his 30 years, they've able to reach out and impact 40, 42 million students, um, uh, which is just incredible. He's just retired. He deserves all the accolades that he's getting. And um, it's just, you know, incredible what he's been able to do just with those specific rules. Um, I think Abby might be able to talk a little bit better about what the student like differences because um, of course, you know, I've never participated in the eighth grade program, but luckily she has. So she can talk about both. Well, I want to talk about Mr. Lemming for a second because sure. I've met him before and he was mm-hmm. also just a few days before we recorded this, all the We the People teams in, in, in the Hamilton Southeastern Schools were honored by the city council. Mr. Lemming actually introduced each of uh, each of the teams mm-hmm. as they went up before the city council. But I want to ask uh, Abby this. Now, do more people apply to take this class than are allowed in? In other words, uh, does, does Ms. Paternoster have to interview people before you get in? Or you just you sign up for the class you're, if your counselor says you you're qualified to take it. You can take the class. That's pretty much the way it works. As she said, you know, you're not allowed to, to coach or screen or that kind of thing. So uh, those who are signing up for this class have an interest in this subject before they get here, right? Yeah. So as long as your counselor knows which class this is, because technically I think it counts as like a college credit as well. So as long as your counselor knows what the name of this class is, if you ask correctly and they put you in the right one, you're in. So we had... 
And because government is a required credit, um, most of us were seniors that had waited until our very last year to take it. Um, but we did have one on the team who was a junior this year. Um, he was on my unit. So he was. He said that his counselor like messed something up. And that's the reason he was on the team. But like we're all really excited and happy that the counselor did mess up because we love him and we wanted him here. So you really, as long as you want to do it and you make that effort to say, hey, counselor, like I want to do this, you're in. So... Well, talk about some of the you, you talked about your talk about your units a little bit and what the other units are about to the extent you, you know about them because there is kind of a, a a silo you put yourself in with the different units and usually have one or I think what two or three units each member has. Uh, talk about yours and what you know about the other units, and I'll have Ms. Paternoster uh, finish that up. Fix any of my issues, yes. Yeah. So unit one is really philosophies of government, our government, and then, of course, you have to look into European governments, that sort of thing, because a lot of the influence of ours is from Europe. So there is that. Um, unit two is foundations of American government, so really founding documents, founding fathers. That's what you get really into. Unit three, I just... You want me to take that one? Yeah, Go you got to take that one. I say it's just I like the bill say of what rights. You know, and then no. I'll, let, I'll let your teacher uh, fill in the rest of it. Um, unit three uh, is, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, is titled, you know, what has happened in our history that's gotten us closer to the ideals found in the Declaration of Independence. And so that's where you learn about the amendment process. You learn about social movements. Um, you learn about the 14th Amendment in particular, which, you know, as has been described as our second founding, uh, those Civil War amendments that were proposed in and ratified um, after the Civil War. Um, and so that is uh, Unit 3. Do you want to handle <laughs> Unit 4? I think I got 4. So 4 is usually the intercommunications of the branches. There's a lot of federalism that they talk about, um, both vertical and horizontal. So that's really the, the basis of that one. Um, I they're, know. Changing, they're changing classes here. We're in the classroom, <laughs> just so you know. Go ahead, I know Unit 5 does a lot of court cases. That's about what I know for that. So well, unit five is, um, uh, you know, uh, the changes over time in the Bill of Rights, you know, it's in, it's interpretation, uh, the application. Um, so in that unit, uh, we, we really focus a lot on uh, the First Amendment rights and uh, then uh, the rights during criminal procedure, uh, you know, what's known as due process rights. Uh, but we have had Second Amendment questions before. Uh, we've had questions on the Ninth Amendment, uh, but that's usually for the national finals where they get really specific and, and almost sometimes completely outside of the book. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, to really challenge students to go even beyond what's found in the textbook. We're about out of time, so I'm going to ask uh, Abby this. Um, if one of your class, because you're nearing graduation, but mm -hmm. if someone uh, is thinking about taking the We the People class and doing the competition, well, what would you say to that person? I would say to absolutely do it. Um, I know a few people did it in junior high and had a different experience. Um, it Honestly, it's so different at the high school level. Um, I met some of my best friends here. Um, I love all these kids. And every time I competed, it was for them not to win anything. Um, so going in, there's not as many expectations, it feels like. So everything that we do, it just it's so much more fun. And even though we didn't get to go to D.C., like having nationals here, we had lunch every day after we were done and we hung out every night. So just the bond that I've created from this team, 
if anyone could get something like that out of their high school experience, especially their senior year, I would absolutely recommend it. And I know everyone on my team would as well. And from your perspective as Pattern Oster, um, you, I assume this has happened in the past. Someone's considering taking this class. They come to you and say, I'm thinking about this class. Tell mm-hmm. me what I might expect. What do you say? Um, well, I do tell them that it's very student-led. Um, because, uh, you know, just going back to what we were discussing before, um, Abby and I met on day one of school, right? So, you know, again, uh, tryouts, recruitments, that's all. I mean, if we were to do those things, we would, you know, we would not be able to compete. So we meet on day one, the kids meet each other on day one. Um, and they are told from the very beginning, um, your, myself and the coaching staff, we will never take credit for your success. This is totally yours. And so they guide the ship. And so I tell the kids, you know, if you're interested in politics, um, it's, it's a great class, you know, because we do talk about that a lot. And if a kid says, well, I'm not really that interested in politics, you know, I'm like, well, what about history? What about philosophy? What about current events? And then I say, even if you're not interested in any of that, after you're done with this class, any time you have to sit in front of a group of people and explain anything, I said, there'll be no fear. There'll be no nervousness. You will have confidence and poise for the rest of your life. And um, I, I said, you know, it's a great experience. And if you want to do it, you're more than welcome. Um, and so, yeah, I've actually had kids in the past go, why'd you let them in? And I'm like, because they wanted to do it. Anyone that wants to do it, I would never deny anyone this experience. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I denied it to anyone. That's how much I love it, and that's how important I think it is. Well, I've asked uh, the questions I have here. I'm going to give you one last chance to add anything you'd like. Abby, anything you want to add about your We the People experience before we wrap this up? It's just been probably my favorite experience of high school, definitely of senior year. Um, my The friends I've made and the connections that I now have going into college and then obviously going into finding a job at some point, hopefully, um, those kinds of things are stuff that I'll never be able to thank my coaches and obviously Ms. Paternoster enough just because of what a great experience it was. So shout out to Mr. Fullman and Mr. Tease, who are my two advisors, and Mr. Dyson. Love them all so much. Um, the stuff that they've given and the evidence that they've helped me work to get, like they would lead you to stuff, but you really had to find it by yourself. And then you had to put it into a paper or into follow-up, really synthesize it by yourself. And those skills, if I decide to go to law school, that's what you need there. If I do stay with history, like that's what you need there. So really just stuff that I'll use for the rest of my life. And I'm really excited about that. And Liz Paternoster, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I mean, I would encourage people, you know, if they want to know more about We the People to reach out to myself. Um, If I can't answer your question, I can find out someone um, that can. Um, I also just want to, you know, give a shout out to all of the coaches. Abby mentioned most of them, but, um, you know, Maddie Roche, who's a teacher here, is also a coach. And then the Honorable uh, Dan Hinkey, who is a local judge. Uh, has been with me, I think, gosh, eight or nine years. Um, also, if anybody you know wants to volunteer and be a part of this incredible experience for young people, that's critical for our democracy, please reach out. Um, I always put a warning label on it, though. Like once somebody's involved, they're hooked. I've had people with me for 15 years now, and so uh, it's hard to escape. I'm, uh, you know, that must have taken a lot, Larry, because you were talking about your experience, mm-hmm. and um, 
so yeah, it's, uh, it's wonderful. So if anybody's interested in learning more, please reach out. I'm always happy to talk about We the People. And uh, Dan Henke, one of your coaches, I think is the only city judge that Fishers has ever had. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. a part-time job. He actually has his own law practice uh, in addition to that. So I'm sure he's a, a very important addition along with all the other coaches that, mm-hmm. that you have. Liz Patternoster is the coach of the Fishers High School We the People team. And uh, Abby Kilgore was a member of that team, finishing second in the nation. Ladies, thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, too, Larry. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you like the podcast, please let others know. You can find it on most platforms where you go for podcasts. Just search using this phrase, Podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. Also, if you listen on a platform such as iTunes, please take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. So thanks for listening, and please be safe and be kind. Be kind.